Hi, it's John. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. So back on Great Barrier doing the last podcast for this trip while I'm here. And I've been trying to get a guest on for a while that I've been talking about. So I've got Benny. So Benny's a friend out here and we've had some really good conversations. He's been very generous in taking dad and us out to some new spots, diving, spearfishing, some power, uh, kingies. And Benny's grown up out here on Great Barrier and he's pretty similar age, I think, to myself. And um, we've connected this trip most recently and spoken a lot about the island, a lot about the fishing, a lot about surfing, a lot about um, education, which is something we're going to talk about today. In previous episodes, I've spoken a lot about learning and experiential learning, which is something that I'm really passionate about. So we're going to open this conversation up today and basically just find out a little bit more about the island, a little bit more around um, Benny's life because it's pretty cool and around some of his takeaways on education and around school and uh, what he thinks about that and what he's found for himself and for the kids and we'll just see where it ends up. So Benny, let's just talk about a little bit about Great Barrier. Like most of the people listening would have heard me say that I'm here and like they might have seen some photos or something, but you were born here? Grew yeah, up here? yeah. Tell me just a little bit about the island, a little bit about like the place itself. Sure, well, it's paradise on earth. Well, I think it is. It's, it's a really unique community. Um, the nature is beautiful. It's it's one of the few places left that's that's sort of doing its own thing on its own on its own route. It's um yeah, I'm I'm just an ambassador of the barrier for saying how how awesome it is because I just really believe that it's the best place that I've found so far. So it's it's off grid. Tell people a little bit about like the like what does that actually mean in terms of how you're living? Right, so yeah, we're really unique in the fact that we the whole island is off grid. It's always been off grid. Off grid means no power stations, no no electricity provided from the government. Basically, everyone runs their own individual power system. Some some are big and fancy and have everything you need to run uh, that you everything you could have in a city house, and some are still really basic, which are a twelve volt system and very limited. Some people might not even still have TV. Their power system might consist of a couple of lights and a car radio. Um, that's how I grew up. When when I was younger, my parents, um, I had two family homes on Barrier. My mum and dad separated when I was about three or four years old. So I had two houses on the Barrier. Um, one 
was up in the bush. My dad was a hippie, and it was a communal block, and it was very limited. Some of our first houses had uh, tarpaulin roofs, um, bush materials for walls and stuff. Our power supply was a 12-volt battery. My dad used to carry up a 15-minute walking track to our house. There was no, no access. Um, we did have generators, but petrol was very expensive. So when we had a generator, we would really only run it for two or three hours a day um, to charge things. And so my stepmom could watch her favourite programme, Coronation Street. Um, oh, and if we were lucky, we'd get to watch The Simpsons. Whereas my mum, she lived more in downtown. Well, the biggest, the biggest suburban barrier, and she didn't even have a power system until I was about ten years old. So we just used candles and battery-powered radio, um, gas, LPG lamps, and then when she got a power system, it was a generator, and the same deal. So if the generator was on, you had power, but we both. Both families were on a low income, so we could only afford a limited amount of gas each day. So when the Jenny was on, you had power. When it ran out of fuel that night, you had no power. Um, yeah, so some people still live like that, but there's a lot of people doing a lot better on the island or have moved to the island with more money, and they have power systems that, yeah, they can run everything. In the house I live in now, I bought my mum's house, and we have a pretty good power system. We've we've got a fridge and a freezer. We only actually just had a freeze. The first freezer on the property was probably about three years ago. Till then, um, for maybe ten years, we'd had a fridge, but other than that, we just got by. So, um, so people like there's obviously a connection. When you take um, like refrigeration or freezers away, your food connection changes because you can't have long storage and certain things that people might be used to. And kind of like one thing that I've noticed is this general connection with, say, the food or the land or the environment, which we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, would you say that you see that, like there's a, a strong connection with, the island or with the food or with all of that kind of stuff? Definitely. I mean, that it dictated what we used to, how we used to eat. Basically, we we wouldn't have meat very often, and if we did buy meat from the shop, we would eat it that day. Uh, ice cream was a real treat. You'd have to eat it before it mounted, so you'd probably eat it before dinner time. Um, and what that made it for us was that you didn't rely on on shops and processed foods. You you did a lot of gardening, and you caught your own food because we're on a small island, and there's always been an abundant uh, stock of fish and shellfish. So, yeah, it definitely definitely changed the way that we lived. Do you think that's you said more people are coming, and I've even noticed each year when I come back it's growing a little bit in those sort of peak times and there's a lot of construction happening and people building. 
do you think part of what do you think it is that's drawing people over well i think basically it's it's the different lifestyle it's getting more in touch with nature stripping it back i just had a conversation down the road at a job i'm doing with a lady that she has come here and she's wanting she's on a 12 volt system like what i grew up on and she's happy that's all she wants so people are coming stripping it back realizing that you don't need need all these all these things in your life and i guess people are starting to crave that a little bit just an alternative life with um more connected to nature and and every day Um, we both spoke about this last time around surfing and spearfishing and how we've both been drawn to the ocean. And I've seen, um, the other week when we were coming back from a dive and then I saw you and the family heading out and Zoe, the dog as well, the staffy. Um, <laughs> so we saw you guys heading out. Were you going fishing as well? Yeah, we were. Oh, we were actually... We were just going out on a venture. We did have the fishing rods. I was a bit ambitious. I threw my dive gear in. Didn't get used. On that day, we didn't even go for a fish. We just took the family to a bay called Island Bay just to go and have a picnic with the family and just do something fun. And it was it was actually my son's birthday. And so we were just looking for something cool to do. So when you, you had the dive gear and how does the, when you grew up and you were getting food from the land and from the sea and now you've got the fridge and you've got a family of your own, how is that, and we'll talk about the, the schooling and stuff in a sec, but how is that getting passed along now? Like how, how are you living now with a family and doing all of that as well, and you run two businesses, but how is that, um, how do you how do you do that? Do you go and catch food still? Is there still that sort of lifestyle happening as well? Yeah, for sure, we're a little bit more privileged. Um, we have a little bit more money than when I was growing up from my businesses, but I still try to make make it out once a week, if I can, to provide seafood for the family um, most of the time I'll take the kids if not I'll go with friends and we'll try and get yeah at least get some kaimoana fish or shellfish or sometimes both and it's it is important to us to have that in our life it's probably the best source of meat that we can get um, and it's also a lot of fun and I just enjoy being out there with the kids, showing them that that's what you, that's a way that you can get your food. Yeah. So <clears throat> when the kids do this, because it kind of reminds me when I was growing up, getting to do that sort of stuff with dad a little bit. And um, you learn a lot in the process of doing those kinds of things when you're little. And I want to talk about uh, education or schooling because something we've spoken a lot about tell us a little bit about how 
so going from there, like, you know, the day we saw you was a school day, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. How, tell us a little bit about that and how, you know, maybe how old the kids are and what you're doing, because it's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to, because something I'm feeling really passionate about at the moment, and it's um, it's an alternative education that is it's labelled a few things quite commonly unschooling or um, world learning or project based learning so basically what it is is you we've actually applied for a, an exemption from the government to say that we won't be using any curriculum and you do have to provide a case to say that you are proactive in learning but you're not going to use any model um, that's designed for say like correspondence or curriculum that has been designed for lots of people because the whole concept is that you're born with everything you need to know to learn whatever it is you need to know in life and so our kids are free to to just grow and be happy and learn and they can learn at their own speed. They don't get judged on how good they are at that current time. Um, it's it's just really amazing actually. It's 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 given us so much freedom as a family because we're not tied to the school the school environment and, and times and stuff. So basically at home, the kids are free to do what they want, but inside of that, when they are into something, we provide them with as much resources around what they're into for their natural learning. So um, for an example, my son's... he's. A, one of my sons, my oldest son, Dusky, he's right into maths, has been since he was young, and he's free to do maths all day if he wants, before dinner, after dinner, whatever. Um, he could count to 500 when he was four, or, yeah, four and a half. He's, um, so it's limitless for him. He's not doing so much mass at the moment. He's into other things. He's right into drawing. So rather than having one hour a day where you get to draw, if he's into drawing, he can follow that for one day, two days, three weeks, whatever. Um, so, yeah, my oldest child, Arata, she is our, she's a girl, and she she's into animals. So she's learning a lot about animals. Um, she's free to go horse riding. Luckily, my nana is into horses, and so they'll do that on school days. Um, it's just given our family so much freedom to do what we want to do and stay connected, basically. We, get, we have the privilege to stay connected as a family, and um, we're there with our kids to help them grow and learn. And if they need questions or that, we're, we're, we're there with them the whole way. Mm. 
So do you wait for inspiration to come from the kid into the next area of interest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is an awesome topic. I could just talk for hours about this. It's kind of hard to know where to start. But basically, um, yeah, we just go from, from interest to interest, whatever they're into. Um, you do, like I said, you do have the opportunity to then give them a whole lot of other resources around that interest and see where they go with it. Um, at the beginning, it was hard not to come in and just try and teach them what you know and how to do it. But once you learn that that's actually more limiting and that when somebody finds out how to do it themselves, it's so empowering and limitless. So some days, some days nothing happens. They just, they might just read or play outside or there's no learn. You, some people would think there's no learning going on, but the thing is, there's learning going on every day. And it's just, um, it's, it's limitless really how far they want to take it. So just cause they're not in the school system now doesn't mean that they ever won't be. Um, what is quite often the trend is that they get to figure out who they want to be and what they want to do a lot earlier in life because they've had all this time to figure it out. And say my daughter's right into animals. Um, it's a possibility she's talked about that she might want to become a vet. So if she wants to be a vet, she will get to the point where she says, okay, well, most vets... A professional they need to go to university to become a vet so there we are you've had no schooling so you've got to jump into the school system to pass your high school uh, bursary to then get accepted into university so the trend is that it'll take as little as six months to two years for them to get up to speed so so it's not to say they won't end up in the same place, but when they do end up there, they're there because they want to be there and they're really passionate and they're actually standout students mm, yeah, right yeah. through university. They, yeah. They're not burnt out. They haven't had somebody sort of help make their decision. They're really passionate. And the other cool thing is that they're free. If you know a vet and they're into it, they're free to go and help from a young age, they don't need to wait till after school mm. to get experience. Some unschoolers are starting businesses at the ages of eight, 11, mm. 13, um, because there's just no, no limitations, no boundaries. I love it. Um, what about, obviously you'd speak to, you know, teachers and stuff like this. Uh, so the two questions that I'd have is things that I would see maybe that they might bring up, but, um, what about, well, what are the conversations with people? You know, you said before that it's not, unschooling is not against school or that you guys aren't against school. Tell me a little bit about how the conversations go with people, um, from school. So what are some yeah, of the concerns sure. that pop up? Yeah, what, that's, how that, that it's a good question because we're getting that a, quite a lot, me and my wife at the moment, because um, 
Well, we've got it ever since we decided to, to, to live this way. We've been challenged from family members. Um, they're pretty good. Most of them are on board, but you can tell that some of them aren't that accepting of what you're doing and, and a little bit scared that you might be making bad decisions for your kids. So in the earlier days, um, it was quite a hard topic to talk about because you felt it, felt a little bit threatened and so do they. So we've just been just learning the whole time and we go off to to camps and school, uh, unschool camps and we learn a lot more and we network with people. My wife's forever learning new resources. Um, so we're getting a lot better at how we talk to people and um, it can be really challenging for teachers because it's kind of saying what they do uh, isn't needed. So one important thing to remember here is that we aren't against school. We, we're not trying to convert all of society to do it our way. But the difference is that there's, there's lots of ways to do things and we have found another way to educate. And for us, it's really exciting. And, um, but for a lot of people, it's quite challenging because unfortunately, school is the main model. Most people aren't looking outside of the box with us. So what we've found, which has been really hard, my wife's struggling at the moment, is because our kids, our oldest is eight and we've got four one girl, three boys, and we go down to the youngest is one and a half. So effectively, so we've got an eight, six, four, and a one and a half. So effectively, only two of them would be at school. So all the other peer groups, all our other friends that have had kids the same age, when we've talked to them before school, they're really into it. They, they get it. They talk with us. It's kind of what you're doing before school anyway, right? You, your kids into trucks. You give them trucks. You buy them a truck book. You, you teach them about trucks. You go to your mate's place who's got a truck. That's kind of what we're doing. But then they get to school and they put them into school system, hand them over to a teacher, and then they kind of um, almost pull back a little bit and just hand it over to the teacher. So before school, we found our 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 friends are really quite involved. They they get it. They want to talk to us about it. But once they make the commitment to put their kids in school, the conversation ends. They don't, it just ends. They don't want to bring it up. Maybe it's challenging for what they're doing, or they've decided to do something. So they need to feel that's right, and what we're doing sort of challenges that. Mm. So we don't actually have the opportunity to talk to. A, that many people about it. We're the only ones on the island doing this, um, which is just seems crazy. Once you, once you, once you learn about it and you really challenge everything and throw out all your old beliefs, it's just yeah, it just seems crazy that more people aren't on the path of of an alternative education. And do the kids catch up or play with other kids? Uh, or will they play, or do they, or will they play with other kids outside of school? Or um, I guess, like, how do the 
how does the social aspect of it work or how does it typically work in unschooling? Yeah, sure. So we're lucky on Great Barrier because we're such a small community that outside of school there's a lot of opportunity because if we just go to the local pub for a meal, all the kids will be there. If we go to somebody's birthday party or an event, even going to the local store, you'll see people. Mm-hmm. So that we they're out and about um, and they have friends from before school and they carry on the relationship. We are actually involved with the school. So we go along to sports days, um, performances. We sort of pick and choose. Well, the kids pick and choose what they want. It's all up to them, you know. So my daughter goes to an after-school art class. Um, so does our oldest son. Uh, she does a piano lesson. Yeah, we're involved with the sports days. So they, they do see the kids inside of school and they see them outside of school. Um, plus, we, we go away quite regularly to connect with other unschoolers, which is really nice for us because we're around people that we can. It's an open book. We can really talk to them and and get 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 ideas and just... Yeah, talk about things that are hard and just nice to have the support. Tell me about a little bit about this from your perspective as the dad. Right, well, when my wife, my wonderful wife, first told me about this, I sort of thought she was crazy. I was like, what? You, what? Really? No school? So... Um, I was pretty open-minded about it because school wasn't that good for me. Um, I, you could say I was sort of one of the less achievers. I, I got through school, I left when I was 15, but it sort of just made me feel a little bit dumb actually because I wasn't as clever at some things as other kids. It was, um, I liked some aspects, I really liked the sport, the physical stuff. Anything I was into, I liked all the other information I didn't retain or I wasn't very good at. So I left school sort of feeling like a bit of a dummy. Um, I got on my own path. I found my career in arboriculture. I went and re-studied and it was amazing to study something that I was into. I was the top of the class. I actually got top student. I was taking home information. It was a whole new experience for me that was really awesome and I figured out after that that I'm not dumb I'm actually really clever but inside the school system oh that didn't match up so part of me was like I had this feeling about school so it did make me open-minded but the pre-programming that we all have from parents and and grandparents and just modern day society and all that um they sort of fill your head with a whole lot of stuff. And I podcast, funny that we're doing a podcast because it was podcasts that got me, made me really believe that it was the right choice to make. So I got on there and I started listening to podcasts and they were coming up with all this outrageous information to me that basically was going against the grain of everything, well, a lot of things that I had programmed. So... I really had to start to challenge these things so that something will pop up and it will be 
and you challenge it and you go, well, okay, well, actually, where does this belief come from? And every time I challenged it and I really whittled it down, it wasn't my belief. So I was able to sort of move on to the next thing. And then after a while, it was like a light bulb went off and I just thought, wow, this is amazing what we're doing. Um, I went to these camps as a first-timer and what really got it to me was to speak to the adults, but actually their children. And here are these children on a different path and they're so intelligent. They're so in touch with everything. And I just started to realise, wow, this is this is a cool thing. And it's a long process, actually. There's this thing called de-schooling. And they say, some people say there's a rule of thumb basically for every year that you were schooled is at least a month of de-schooling. So you sort of need to go through this process to figure out what you believe and, and what's right. And um, it's actually a really spiritual process. It's, it's actually un- unlocked doors to me and ideas that I've had when I was a bit younger and a little bit more free-minded. You know, when you're young and you... You think, I'm never going to parent like that. I'm never going to do this. Something happens, you become a parent, you take it all really seriously, and then suddenly, especially when you're tired or stressed, you start doing these things that you said you would never do. Mm. And so it's just, it's actually opened my eyes to, to so much stuff and it's made me challenge all these other beliefs in my life that are really hot topics for me, like success and um, modern day, um, well, what would you say, for, for mainly for dads, you know, what what all the dads out there in, in the world at the moment were just working really hard and um, actually potentially missing out on some of the best, best years of their life with their kids. Like I said to you before, I'm a demigod right now, I'll probably, that's not going to last forever. And I'm shaping my life to be more at home, more around the kids, and more connected. And so basically it's ended up being about connection, connection to the kids, connection to the environment, connection to everything. And I'm just really glad, grateful that we're on this path because I'm living a much different life, one that I'm subconsciously a lot more happy about and it feels right so um kind of went off topic a bit there but no it's good so so if you if you have a conversation with someone who has kids maybe another dad and they've got you know nine to five or whatever you know normal sort of setup is there any takeaways that, and maybe they maybe they don't jump across to unschooling, because maybe they are just feel locked in, you know, from maybe the last twenty years of their work or whatever. <clears throat> Is there anything that you would want to talk about with them, or that you see, or that they could learn from what you've experienced having? A lot more time with the kids. Yeah, totally. I mean, you got to cut. You've got to sort of check yourself so you don't come in too hot and heavy, because you don't want to scare them away. But 
Uh, and one thing I need to say is that um, it's not for everyone. Mm. So some people, the way they have shaped their life, both parents need to work um, to get by, to, to pay their mortgage, to do, you know. So so we are not lucky. I'm fortunate my parents made the right decision to that I grew up here and that we can get by on a one income so yeah so so it's not for everyone so there's plenty of people out there that that it's not really an option for um so when I'm talking to people like this I try to just just really just just try and bounce some ideas off about um yeah about about other ways really about sort of taking more time out for the kids and what it is why some of these I've sort of sort of lost myself a little bit here but um what was the question well so like if if I'm if I'm if I'm if it's not for me right because of how I set myself up or if somebody listening <clears throat> then what's something that they could do you have any takeaways like you know maybe maybe say the time with the kid is less Definitely. So what else can they do? What else, you know, could be helpful based on what you've seen? Basically, for somebody like that, um, I mean, I, if, they're, if they're a close friend and, it, and it's an open conversation and I feel like I can, the main thing I talk to them about at the moment is is success and... and um, what modern day success means and for a dad I think that we've got a, a lot of dads have got actually quite a hard road there because they're, they're doing the right thing they're really busy they're working 50 hours a week they're doing the right thing they're putting food on the table they're getting their family ahead they're paying their mortgage off quickly that you know that they're successful people but I just tried to give them another insight into that that so, you know, while you're doing that, you're actually exhausted. You get home and you're worn out. It's hard to have the energy for your kids. Uh, on the weekends, you're flat, you're charging your batteries up. Quite often, the kids will grate you. They'll, they'll do stuff to annoy you, and it really pisses you off. They're actually just crying out for attention. So just trying to get people to to pull back a little bit to see that that it's not everything. Being busy and that isn't everything. And if you can just take a little bit of time out of your life to slow down enough so that you aren't in this mindset where you're busy and you've got all this and, you know, you can just kind of strip it back a little bit and um, just just be there with the kids. I mean, yeah. One thing I... I in a couple of episodes ago, I talked about connection and I talked about time, whether it's like in one long instance, like a day with someone, or if it's higher frequency, but with a lot of intention, right? So, you know, it sounds like what you're saying is through questioning the model of success and the model of busyness, when we sit with that, is there a way from there to then basically change our environment or our conditions a bit to simply get more time. 
Definitely. And if we have time, then then we can come into it with the right intent and be open and explore with the kids. Seems like is it coming back to that time thing, essentially? Yeah, yeah, no, it is, and it's. I mean, it's quite over the period of time. It's quite a short amount of time that we've been living like this since industrial era, where we kind of got pulled out of the home and we all had to work in factories and and work a lot more. And it wasn't that long ago that we were spending a lot more time with our families and our families would do what we would do. And so, yeah, just just to try and just pull back a little bit and, and, and realise, well, is this actually how I want to be a dad? Is this how I saw myself being a dad? Am I getting the most out of this? Because soon enough they're going to be gone, man, and they're going to do it on their own path, and I can be as busy as I want to be then. Mm. But right now I have the opportunity to set up a foundation for me and them for the rest of our lives, and it's a really special thing. And a few years ago I was, I was one of those dads. I was busy. I lost a, a big contract. And at the time, I was just really, really upset and angry about it. And what that did is, was a turning point for me, for my business. Um, I was just striving to be the biggest, best business I could be, and, and I was getting a bit consumed. It's a little bit addictive being the man at work and, and getting all this stuff done and people looking to you, and, and I was losing touch with my my family. And... It was a blessing because I didn't have as much work and I really just just started to to reevaluate and and I've got I've gotten back there now, I'm just as busy, but the way I'm doing it is is I'm managing more than being there. So it's not to say you you can't still be successful, but it's just it's the best thing that ever happened to me because I could have easily just been working 50 hours a week and just missing out on, on all this time and connection with my kids. Mm. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to... Well, I feel like we'll probably end up doing another episode at some point. Is there anything else that you want to add uh, on the on any of this stuff? Barrier, the schooling, anything else? Wow, it just feels like we've just sort of touched the tip of an iceberg, really. Yeah. And like I said, um, something I feel really passionate about. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk to to you and maybe some other people that want to listen about it because I don't always have that opportunity. Uh, like I said, it's quite threatening for some people. You need to pick and choose who you talk to this stuff about. Um, there's so much more stuff I could talk about. So, so really just, just, just trying to, if you are a parent and just trying to be connected with your children and just challenging all these beliefs that they're actually pre-programmed and if you can start that and it's for you, maybe, maybe you unlock a better life and you'll get a lot more happiness out of it. And so um, I just hope that maybe, yeah, that I just hope more people get on get on the path, really. 
This is a good one. Awesome. All right, that's it for this one. If you enjoyed it, or if you know someone else who might be interested in unschooling, education, just general connection with the kids, or any of the stuff that we talked about, pass it along. And if you have any questions, send them across on the email, john at johntmarsh.com. Even any questions for Benny, and then we'll get them across to him. And otherwise, see you again next week.